Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can get a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here with Michael and Rob is on the show today. Propaganda the show where we find out what's being said about Leeds United by you and by the opposition fans. If you're listening to the audio version, you can check this out on YouTube and vice versa. We'll do the Leeds United half first. Uh, we got our TSB Plus members to send feedback on the match ball. Uh, so this is the stuff that they picked out from that show and from the game itself. We didn't quite win ugly, we drew ugly, I think is the, the fairest description of it. But it's another point on the board. And I think the the general span of opinion is from misery to pragmatism and then some stuff somewhere in between. There's probably on balance more negativity than anything else, but a lot of the negativity is tinged with, but you know. It's hard not to but be fine. negative yeah. when you're 16th in the table. Mm. Well, I mean, you obviously weren't here for the match ball, Rob. What did you make of it as a whole? Thrilling? I felt like after the Watford game, I was too negative and pessimistic. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to make a real effort to be positive and then watch the game. Uh, which, yeah, it was a very, very hard game to love. Let's say that. But I think after Watford, I think, yeah, there's just an acceptance of we need points. That's what it's about now, isn't it? It's about results and not mm. performances. So, yeah, a good result. I, I um, I had some feedback on this via... Uh, so, Greg, who is a guy in America. Hello, Greg. He hangs around in LA, lives there. He's um, he's going to watch the, the Arsenal game with former Leeds United legend Robbie Elliott. You remember, obviously, mm. Robbie's seven games fondly in... Yes, in I, I once interviewed Robbie Elliott about those seven games. <laughs> <laughs> well, well we, were, we were chatting, Greg and I, the other day and he was saying that Robbie Elliott had said to him draws will keep you up and I was like oh yeah I guess so <laughs> I've, yeah I found it quite interesting seeing everyone else's reaction kind of outside of Leeds United like outside of the fan base and, and on Monday Night Football Carragher and Robbie Keane were you know talking about Jesse Marsh's point proven and mm. he's proven all the doubt is wrong this is good this is how you should be in a relegation battle so I don't know yeah a couple of people <laughs> think this is good this is the Premier League isn't it it feels like there's a almost a weird desire for us to be more like this throughout the Bale mm. era like last year people when we lost heavily but finished ninth people some people were like oh, you need to be more respectful of the Premier League you've got to you can't play like that and it, people are like good they're going and grinding out yeah. ugly points that's the way it should be which I guess is tough for us to watch but you as, know. But as we we're saying on the match ball Michael it's not a binary choice is it and it's no. not about, we could defend doggedly like we are doing but also be try try and be more expansive going forward mm. and by more expansive. I mean, passing to our own team. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> might, I, might be a start. You I know. do think we would have lost that game a couple of months ago as well. Yeah. So, 
a, a point from that perspective yeah, is definitely good. And both things can be true at the same time that, you know, the pragmatism was needed, but it's not particularly nice to look at. Mm. But if it's if it keeps us up, I'll be absolutely delighted. If we get to post-Brentford in another, was it four weeks now? Mm. And we're still in the Premier League. I'll be like, all right, it's been a horrible year, but so be it, we've, we've stayed up. Yeah, I think so as well. It's, it's interesting that from the feedback, a couple of people felt the need to get in touch on 75 minutes. Someone with no name and John P both got, both got in touch. No name was predicting, complaining about a loss to Palace. They were they were guessing that we would concede in those last minutes, which we I suppose we did look a bit like conceding. There were there were chances, weren't they? Not brilliant ones, but there yeah. were half there were half chances for people. Weirdly, I never felt like we were going to concede in that game, even though we were under the cosh for a lot of it. It was in, in an odd way because we seemed to be that much more defensively resilient. Yeah, I didn't quite feel as stressed. I felt a lot more stressed during the Watford game for some reason. I don't know if that was just because they were so rubbish as well. It felt like, God, we've got to beat these. But well, it, was, it was the must win because it was a six point, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But this one, I was, I don't know, it was just a little bit boring. Like the last 10 minutes or so, I was kind of glancing at my phone to see what everyone else made of it because I didn't really want to watch two teams just pass the ball to each other, chatting to our art wizard, Eamon, but, and he made the point that he looked up and there was 70 minutes gone. And it felt like 20 minutes later he looked up and there was still 70 minutes gone. It just felt like the game that was never going to end. It was a bit like those many games at Ellen Road where you'd you'd look at it and you'd be thinking, oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, more of this, there's more of this to watch. Is there? Whereas we've not had that for such a long time, have we? Um, no, we, we, we were spoiled for three and a half years. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know it's not been particularly effective versus the years before it, the Bielsa football. But it is undeniably a beautiful thing to watch, even if it's completely flawed at the same time. Yeah, and, and, we, and we were asking for pragmatism, and we've got it. So, yeah, nowhere man actually making the comparison, saying there's been a lot of comparisons with the height of Bielsa Ball, but we haven't seen that this season. It's mostly been awful. Yeah, which is which is absolutely true. We, we tried to do Bielsa Ball, but we weren't very effective at it, were we? Yeah, that's, we, that's, we weren't able to do that, and now we're not able to do <laughs> this thing either. Which is we kind of touched on it of knowing what this is meant to be, because I'm sure. This isn't what Marsh wants. Like mm. this, ca- this can't be his plan. And he, he touched on it in his post game stuff, didn't he? That this was not the the attacking side of it wasn't as he, he hoped for it to be. And that's, I guess, that's pretty obvious when you watch it because there's no kind of passing there. Is that there's something is not working? And I think it maybe is the fact we still don't have a striker. Yeah, and we're still lacking bodies in midfield. And I guess that, but that was the inherent risk, wasn't it? As we were saying on the match ball of changing the manager when we did rolling the dice, knowing that we don't quite have the squad either to do what Bielsa wanted to do or mm. what Marsh wanted to do. And I guess it goes back to the failures of last summer, doesn't it? And we'll know in another few weeks' time whether they got it catastrophically wrong or whether they did just enough. I think that's the thing, yeah. They they made such a big change. We were almost kind of looking over what's the new big idea going to be. But it's just not the time to judge that yet, I guess, because... Like I say, we're still dealing with all these same problems and Marsh has had however many weeks and not had a pre-season or a transfer window to change that. So yeah, it's kind of like, I know this is Marsh's tactics and style, but it's not how he wants it to look, is it? No. So, and it'd, it'd just be nice to have a few more glimpses of that, I guess, because against Leicester, it felt like, oh yeah, we can see the differences in this and we can see how it might work. Whereas the more recent games have been a bit turgid. And Marsh himself, it's the Southampton game, he came out and says, yeah, it was a bit rubbish that, wasn't it? And then after Watford, he came out and said, yeah, it weren't great on the ball then, were we? And after the Palace game, he's done the same. So it's three games in a row where it's been a bit like, yeah, that's not what we want. Yeah, Tom in the comments that we've received uh, says it's going to require some very slick passing from our tens to correctly execute what Marsh wants us to do and those feeding them and then a high quality finisher to put the chances away. So it's all those points, isn't it? All the, all the deficiencies in the squad that we've talked about 
are exactly there what, what Tom's on about. I think we can all see it, can't we? I think what it is, and the reason why we're seeing so much of this this polarised argument on Twitter of Marsh versus Bielsa, which is just, it's just a lot of wasted energy in my opinion, and I, I can't be bothered wading into it because there's truth on both sides of it. Mm. It's just filling the void between now and knowing, knowing our fate, whether it, whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. And even if we do go down under Marsh, there'll still be arguments. People say, well, we're going down under Bielsa anyway, so they had to make the change. It's like, it's just... Mm. It's just nature hating a vacuum again, isn't it? And filling it with I do, something. A few people have mentioned James as a striker as well, just pointing out that it's really not working. And when we're trying to feed off scraps and it doesn't stick up front at all, it does create a problem for us. Because is, is it intended to stick though, Michael? That's what I, well, I, I would think, wonder because the, the nature of March football is it's all transitional, isn't it? It's high-speed transitional, stick the ball in behind them. And unfortunately, because we haven't yet got accustomed to passing through the midfield in the penis formation or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, they're just going for the more direct. It feels like if it's up to, if it's up towards Bamford though, there's more of a chance of him getting something on it, which if nothing else means if the ball deflects off to one of their players, it's not in a comfortable way. And then Harrison or Rafinha or someone will then press the if it drops the fullback, for example, they then press the fullback who might give it away, and then you win it back and you score from that transition. Whereas it feels like with James up front, it's generally if it, anything high is a very comfortable header for a centre back because they're a foot taller than him and. It's not really his game, is it? So I, I don't feel like he looks comfortable doing it. He looks less comfortable as a as a striker in this formation than he did mm. under Bielsa as well. It's interesting, actually, when you compare us to what Palace did. And I think Palace weren't playing a, a style too dissimilar to what we're trying to achieve in that, I, mean, I think I mentioned this on, on the match ball, actually, that we know when they were hitting IU in the mm. inside right channel in the first half, there was a lot of that going on. It was early balls, but they were finding a man in space rather than punting it to a midget who's up against a massive <laughs> centre-back, you mm. know. So I think it's just been a bit more street smart, isn't it, with with where you can find those spaces, you know. And they, they must try and find them at least. I know we play narrow, but part of the, surely the, the tactic is going to be to find pockets of space. Because going and standing next to people doesn't work. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you're a coach. I, uh, yeah. You've got some expert opinions on this, so let's compare it. Standing next to people or standing next to some space. I think when you've not got the ball, standing next to people is good. Mm-hmm. When you have got, when you your team has the ball, try and get away from from right. the other people um, into an area where you can receive the ball. And then comfortably. What, what, what then? Because bloody hell, this is pass com- it to someone else who's done the right. same thing, and you keep doing that until until you get someone in the box, and then they kick it really hard into the goal. Bloody hell! <laughs> simple. It's a simple game. <laughs> should, we, should we get in touch with them and just say, I, listen, if you need some assistance, get this bit edited out because we don't want to give away our plans to other. Oh, that's true. We're Pep's at, listening. Crucial. <laughs> We're at a crucial stage. <laughs> Speaking of that level of coaching, actually, um, Jelly got in touch to say that it confused his six-year-old because um, he said he let his son stay up to watch the match, but prom- uh, wouldn't let his son stay up to watch the match, but promised him watch the highlights in the morning. He was absolutely bewildered when it finished without one for us. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, did we not have any highlights in the packing? I mean, not that, I mean, to be fair, the fact that I didn't go and look, watch it and I don't know probably answers we, that we question. We didn't have any shots, did we? There was, there was one where Rafinha cut in and it looked like he had a chance, but then he got blocked. And then Gelhart really tamely hit a left mm. footer at the keeper I think that yeah that was the thing I wanted to watch the game back to sort of see what happened and why maybe it didn't work from our point of view but then I thought I don't want to watch the, <laughs> the actual 90 minutes back it was just not fun there's a weird vibe um, Scrooge is picking out the weird vibe like we're five games unbeaten and two clean sheets which is what Jesse Marsh picked out in the post-match as the positives to take from that and it's absolutely true it mm. is he said it was like someone telling me about a dead good TV series like The Wire and enticing me to watch it and then trying really hard to like it, but ultimately losing track of what the plot is and putting something better on. Com- just, comparing just, this game to The Wire is wrong. Yeah, because The Wire That's is a say. masterpiece, it has to be said. <laughs> but we are evangelists for The Wire, um, yeah. but there, and there isn't anything better to put on. 
quite frankly. No, this was more like... But I take the point, yeah. This was more like um, an episode of Coronation Street spread out over 90 minutes, is what I would say. <laughs> it, was that, <laughs> it was that kind of a, a level, I would suggest. But um, Jelly, uh, not Jelly, Scrooge, sorry, says, uh, just everyone else, please lose. That is one of the themes that seems to be annoying people, like, so we shouldn't have to rely on other teams, we should do it ourselves. But surely the whole point of a league table system is that other people will lose and you take advantage of that by getting slightly more points than them. And you know, the truth is you don't win many games down at the bottom. So. No, and if we if we just did it all ourselves, are you saying we need, you know, we're going to get another 15 points this season and finish finish ninth again? It's not likely, is it? So no. I must admit, I didn't see Burnley's good run coming. Mm-hmm. That's upset me a bit. Well, we'll talk about all that properly in, in relegation watch over on, uh, which which is basically here for the, for the long haul now. It's here till May <laughs> at least. But we'll talk about that over on the main show um, when we do it. Back Back to the themes here. Are we wanting to twist the knife a bit more on Zaha for his vicious assault on Rafa's eyebrows? I mean, there was some contact, wasn't there? Yeah, questions asked whether it, it was looked at by VAR. It has to be said, by the way, if you might, may have seen this, you may not have done, but there's a Palace fan account that has pulled the footage from every single incident where Zaha went to ground in that game and declared why he was in... Uh, the subtext is he doesn't dive, because obviously mm. one of the accusations that's come out in the wake of this is Calvin Phillips saying, yeah, he dives a lot, which anybody through objective eyes can say he does. Like, for example, Luke Ayling dives, but we laugh at it because it's funny. We mm. know what he's doing. And he laughs at it. He gets yeah. up and he does a little wink and yeah. he's like, yeah. All you've got to do is just own it and go, yeah, yeah, he does. Zaha does. Yeah, he's, he's great at winning free kicks because he's, what, he's the most foul player in the Premier League. Yeah, because like, yeah. Grealish has uh, his minutes cut down. Yeah, so, you know, maybe just a bit of self-awareness. That's all we're asking for. The most fouled list it is basically a list of the players who you know dive. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt in it. You look at it and you go, oh yeah, they're all cheats. <laughs> but it's amazing what, what, what the bias and the filter puts on it because I looked through that list and I was like, yeah, fair enough. That was a foul. Yeah, maybe you stripped him up there. They've come together there. And it has tried to be objective in a couple of them, but it's always with that subtext stuff. But he went to ground because they just ran into each other, but then he got straight back up again. But the thing is, he doesn't, he always moans about it though. Yeah. And it's mm. it's the way, maybe it's the maybe this partly the director's fault. But it felt like every time he was fouled as well, it cut to a shot of his face with an absolutely incredulous, like, <laughs> referee, I cannot believe you've allowed yeah. that to stand. It's it's the fact that he doesn't think physical contact should be part of the game yeah. when it, it very clearly is in every other aspect. And I, the way I always see it with, I think I mentioned this with Grealish last year, imagine every player on the pitch going down under that level of contact and you'd be left mm-hmm. with an absolute farce. You'd have a completely unwatchable sport because it'd just be... Every challenge would be two people running into each other and then falling, and then falling over. Like, no one would ever be able to run with the ball because... And we're not a million miles away from that. I think they are, genuinely, the only thing that prevents it actually is VAR, funnily enough, because you can look at stuff and say, well, he's he's just... For example, that one with Zaha where he went down the outside of Luke Ayling and it knocked it off inside. He was going to try and get the return ball down the line. He quite clearly just jumps into his leg. Mm-hmm. And, and this is in this thread of stuff mm-hmm. of, you know, explaining his crimes, etc., it's like you can see he's just run straight into his leg. It may well be a foul, but you can see he's just run into his leg and then gone over. It's just stop fucking it's, moaning. It's really weird how that list of sort of fouls won has become like a thing that is seen as you should be proud of this. It was like the other year when Grealish was at Villa and it was he's the most fouled player in Premier mm. League history by this huge margin. The it Corinthian was, spirit. Yeah, Rob. it was presented as like he is so good. People are kicking him out of games every week, and it's like maybe there is an element of that of tactical fouling, but it's also because he's a massive cheat as well. Like, yeah. and, and there's no harm in saying. Yeah, the guy dives a lot. Yeah. But it's like, why Why is you've won 100 and odd fouls? Like, something's, that's not football, is it? Like, how, 
have you scored a goal? Have you like, made some assists? And was, I mean, they, they were bitching and moaning about the ref as well, not protecting him enough. And there was, there was talk of the ref having complained. That's what Philip said, complained to us about fouling Zaha, wasn't there? Mm. So, sure. <laughs> Zaha, just, just to put it in context, 87 times he's been fouled. Ivan Tony is next on the list with 70. Right. So it's quite a big gap. He's, I mean, he did well in this game to, to improve his margin. He's winning the league by a, by, by a margin at the minute. He is, he also, is. If, you're a, if you're a Palace fan watching this on YouTube, don't leave a comment. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, what we'll do is we'll just ignore you and then delete it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't be bothered. Yeah, it's not. This isn't for you. <laughs> You've got your bias thing. This is ours, and we think, and we think he's a cheat. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what were the other themes then before we wrap this uh, this half of the show up? Then um, we've got we've got a lot we, of. We probably um, didn't talk it enough about the fact. People, loads of people were just saying it's a point in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all right. It's that's, not... that's the pragmatism I was referring to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, and people saying, you know, nowhere man saying there'll be complaints about the system and how we play, but we don't have the luxury of worrying about that at yeah. the moment. And also making the point that this isn't Marsh's team. He's he's come into this and he's doing the best he can with it. And and to go back on the midfield thing, like I'm sure he was probably thinking, well, I'll get Phillips back, then I can have Phillips and Forshaw. Got two two midfielders who are better suited to this this, this kind of the double pivot deeper system, and then Forshaw is injured and he's back to playing click there or cock there and he can't quite he clearly can't decide who is the better there because he keeps starting click and then taking him off and likewise up front as well like mm. he's if it is the uh, hit the penalty spot kind of tactics you need Bamford there or actually a striker whereas with James it's not suited to him at all, at all. and Gilhart's kind of had injury issues while he's been here as well so, yeah. it's very like Greenwood's sort of Passed mm. him a little bit in the pecking order in the short term, hasn't he? And Greenwood's versatility as well. He seems to like him as the 10 or one of the wide 10s, as he likes to call them. But um, yeah, Greenwood does seem to, he really loves him, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair play to him if he if he fits the system. Hopefully he's got a good future because we want as many of the, the lads who we've brought in, the younger lads, who we brought through our academy um, <laughs> to be as successful as possible. Oh, he was here from... Oh, since the age of 20. <laughs> 19, yeah. I remember him. Via Sunderland and Arsenal. <laughs> There was a, a general overall feeling, I think, of it being neither here nor there and essentially dragging out the torture, mm. which is what it is. That's where we are now. Because people were asking during the game, tweeting me saying, Have you, are you in the bathroom yet? Are you walking around the car park? I didn't find that massively stressful mm. against Palace on Monday. I've resigned myself to the fates now in that whatever happens with this season will happen. And it's out of my control now because the stress levels have got so high mm. that I'm choosing not to acknowledge them. I've done similar where I've just... I'd no longer think that we're going to get relegated, but it's not out of any confidence. It's out of just, I am not thinking about it's it. It's denial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the right word. I think as well, with the other thing with stressing about a draw is that it is completely dependent on other results. If Burnley had lost even one of those games and we get a point here, we're kind of we're kind of comfortable with it. And if, if Everton had Everton got a point um, against Leicester didn't they, in the last minute, if other teams would stop getting points, a point here would be fine. Like yeah, yeah. Not long ago, I thought, 32 points might be enough to stay up because Burnley didn't look like they had any life left in them. But then again, you look at the results from the weekend, Everton losing at Liverpool and we drew. So we've extended by another point at mm. this stage. And I know we've got Man City at the weekend. That's the, the caveat there, isn't it? But Everton have got Chelsea. So as long as we match their result, then we're no worse off, but another game has been chalked mm. off. So hope is all that's left. <laughs> Um, yeah, the lack of passing, that's been mentioned by a few people. And and again, it's all been caveated. Mike Maximo Paz is saying the standard one point is better than zero points disclaimer, but doesn't like the style of football. It describes it as, as dreadful so far. 
I mean, it says the way they've clearly been told to lump the ball up the pitch feels like football in malpractice. I don't know that they have been told to do that. I think that's their, it's their bastardised version of what Marsh is trying to achieve. Mm. And it's not pretty at this stage. And hopefully it will fall into place if we stay up and we get into next season with reinforcements and the squad's looking a bit more balanced and all that. I don't, I don't think they've been... Part of the problem with tactical plans as well, they all work fine in theory because <laughs> the other team in theory, does what you expect them to do. And if the other team doesn't do what you expect them to do, it's like the old Mike Tyson quote about everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and it's a bit like that. You kind of go, oh, we're, we're meant to do that. And then we get around the back because they are out of shape because of this. But then if they don't do it, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I'm sure a pro- proper manager doesn't just, isn't resigned to it in the same way. But you're like, no, that's meant, that's meant to work. I looked at that and that, it was going to work. Is that what Click was talking to Marsh about? Said, Possibly. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this isn't working, Jesse. I, I mean, I do agree that. I think we said this on the match ball and, and Moscow's apprentice in the comments sort of saying that we've kind of, we've taken all the good things away as well to a certain extent. Like mm. we said about like Phillips and Rafinha being less effective and you know, Phillips is just back from injury. So we, we need him to get back up to fitness speed and then, you know, mesh into the tactical system or whatever, don't mm. we first? So there is that. And hopefully we get Bamford back for the last couple of games, but we do, we do seem to have kind of, Maybe we've narrowed the parameters a little bit in that we've taken away the worst aspects of what mm. we do, but we've also lowered our ceiling as well. Yeah, well, we have. That's how that's how we're set up now. We're we're compact and defensive in a way that we never were before. So we do give the ball away a lot, but doing so isn't catastrophic because there are still eight players in between the the pillar with the ball and the goal, and they're all zonally marking it, so they're not all being completely pulled out of position when when it does go wrong. So it's it looks it's just more normal. Mm. Yeah, Philip uh, Moscow's apprentice is saying uh, Phillips looked like your run of the mill central midfielder. Rafa could have been Andros Townsend after a trip to see his <laughs> hair doctor. <laughs> we look less likely to win, but less likely to lose. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Richard's uh, comment as well. I've learned what Marsh ball is: work your bollocks off to win the ball, give it back to them. Work your bollocks off to win the yeah. ball, give it back to them, <laughs> and repeat. I think we had that one on the uh, was it on the comments on the match ball actually? Yeah, yeah. yeah top um, top props there to Richard for that because mm-hmm. it's just what it feels like at the minute which is not easy is I think it? the pass completion was something like 67% but it felt a lot lower mm-hmm. I'm sure if you looked at passes completion within their half or something it'd be way lower than that it was mm-hmm. terrible against Watford as well I would it is that thing of they all stand close together even when we're, in the, when we're on the ball so mm-hmm. we can't be counted but I would just love a winger to stand <laughs> on the touchline it would it, just to have that space because it would blow mm-hmm. their minds I think if you're a long enough time fan to remember it or old enough to remember it there are George Graham, Grahamy vibes about this, yeah. aren't they? Like in just getting it done correctly from a basics point of view. Yeah, and that did work. Yeah. And sure enough, which we'll talk about later, the year after was better. Like there was there mm. was more of a plan to it. The first year was let's just get this done, make sure we don't go down. Be we, we, scored, with we scored 28 goals in one season. Do you remember? I remember it really well. I mean, yeah. I don't remember any of the games, obviously. I remember the feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing actually memorable. Of the games. And if, and if you weren't there, the fans at one point started singing, we'll score again, don't know where, don't know where, <laughs> we'll score again some sunny day. Yeah, I think we had three nil-nils back-to-back at one point, didn't we? And yeah. everyone was just like, oh my God. Whereas now, three nil-nils back-to-back, give me them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd absolutely love that. <laughs> I, I did find the sight of Rafinha taking long throws. Like, oh God, this is what we're doing now, is it? It reminded me of... Um, do you remember we signed Connor Wickham on loan yeah. after earlier in the season he'd torn us apart was, did he play in the 6-0 at Hillsborough and yeah. then within about two weeks at Leeds he was just on the wing taking long throws <laughs> I don't think he ever scored for us Part 2 is where we do opposition fans what did they think of it what did they think of us what did they think of the game what have we found this week from Palace first then Michael before we get to the wider world of propaganda 
Not a huge amount of stuff from Palace uh, in terms of number of YouTube channels and stuff. Tristan03 is the first one, which I, I suspect when he signed up for that, he maybe didn't realise he was going to have a successful YouTube account because it's not the catchiest, is it? It's like <laughs> just the third Tristan on, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but he did like a little a little vlog in the stadium. He goes, I think he goes with his dad. He sounds even more depressed than me most of the time, does, does Tristan. So I've got a, I've got quite an appreciation <laughs> for him. I like the sound of him. <laughs> this is him uh, in the stadium just this during the first half when Leeds fans were doing the... Uh, we are the champions, champions of Europe thing, and he was he was impressed. These locals won't stop singing, and they've been doing this for the last five minutes. Good support, but out singing this right now, man. There's no comeback right now from the Palace lot. <laughs> bless him, the Palace, the Palace Ultras. The Ultras. The cosplay Ultras. <laughs> oh, bless him, but the, you know, they're trying to make an effort to put atmosphere yeah, in yeah. the ground, which is good. It's right. the way that I think it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the way they all dress up in black and have big flags and then I suspect they're all just quite nice lads really which, is, which I myself am don't get me wrong I don't want to fight anyone Christ yeah. get my head kicked in scared, scared by the word ultras aren't you but yeah, yeah I think if I had to fight any ultras I'd probably go with the palace ones yeah, not, like the, not like the Lazio ones the Lazio or, ones or any, anything Eastern Europe no thank you <laughs> it, is, it is all a bit MLS isn't it when they're sort of getting really into it but it's yeah. good I like anything that preserves atmosphere in, in football yeah, grounds true. and Sellers Park is a traditional football ground as well I know, I know we trash it being in Croydon and all the way down there and all the rest of it but at least it's a, it's a ground you recognise from your childhood it's a brilliant shithole yeah. which is just like Ellen Road <laughs> exactly so I, I like it I mean, and also I watched the Merseyside derby and the atmosphere and that sounded terrible yeah. considering it's a big derby obviously a lot to play for on both sides it just sounded shit from start I think Liverpool scored and there was a bit of noise but I was amazed at how quiet that was. They were singing "Going Down to Everton," which I hope comes mm. to comes to. They were singing Rafa Benitez as well, weren't they? Yes, <laughs> very, very. <laughs> that was quite, that was quite funny. <laughs> oh, we should say at this point before we play the next clip. By the way, look out if you're a TSB Plus member. Um, propaganda extra, little bit. Of, so the bits we can't fit into this show for time because we always end up with loads of clips, but never enough time to play them in. So we're going to launch a little spin-off show, just all the bonus bits that we can't fit into this one. So um, check out your feed for that. On to the next clip. This is just him post game in the car, sounding yeah. Is he? Does he sound happier than that? Not really. He's happy. <laughs> he thinks they should have won. Which you know. yeah, um, it's one of them games. You know, just all over them did score. It happens, but we just oh, we've seen that too many times this season. I think that's a frustrating thing. I'm trying not. I'm not being negative, negative, but I'm just disappointed that we didn't bloody capitalise on our chances and score and punish Leeds because they were tired towards the end of the game and they didn't really create much. And I don't even think they had a shot. It was poor, no, really no, poor. They had one shot that the goal, our goalie saved, but. Leeds weren't much I mean Palace we deserved to win great effort by all the players you can't really fault them Often just yeah. the end, end product we've got to get better slow that distribution you know um, really particularly cool. second half we should have we should have we should have um, easily won not easily won it but we had our chances to win it but you know look it's nil-nil let's move on yeah. that's so much of the Premier League right there isn't it <laughs> it really is <laughs> what do you mean just, it's just just kind of well well you know nil-nil move on couldn't break them down <laughs> Mediocrity. Mm-hmm. We we exist. We we well, and this is what we're aspiring to be, aren't we? We're aspiring to be mediocre next season rather than uh, rather than swimming around the plug hole. Anyway, back of the nest get a bit angrier anyway. But before we get onto that, just general game summary. He's a very American man uh, doing this, but I actually really quite like him. Just on those comments from Tristan 03, Do you agree that they deserve to win? Probably on, on balance. If they had won, it would have been hard to argue with, I guess. But it, I don't think they battered us or whatever he said. Nah. It was just it was a it was a nil nil one nil. Kind of game, wasn't it? I think, it, yeah. If I mean, obviously, we didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, did, we didn't have any shots. No. They, I mean, they did have... The thing is, one of theirs could have gone in, like, Zaha had forced a couple of saves from Melier. There was the one that went over the... Deflected over the bar from him. Gallagher had one that went narrowly over. So they, they had... It, it was that chance in the first half, was it Mateta, where 
it, the ball yeah. went across the, go- the goal and it looks like he started tapping and Lorenzo got a really important touch, which mm. that was probably the biggest ah, chance. Ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Mateta had a couple. Like, there was another one that was put across goal and he, he like twatted out the stadium more or less as well at one point. So, yeah. They, I mean, they probably did deserve it, didn't they? Oh, well. Not, don't care, <laughs> we were the better side in this match. Let's be honest. I mean, Leeds just didn't look good. They didn't. I mean, they they had a ton of mistakes, a ton of giveaways that we should have capitalized on that we didn't. So to work this hard, to have any chances into being a match like this where we really needed to show an improved uh, performance coming in, we need those goals. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. That's a great finish, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, I am great, he's, he's got a nice voice, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's got a sing-song quality to it. I like he's, that. He's got it, quite... If you're an American listener or viewer, could you tell us where that accent's from? Why is his pop? I'm intrigued by people support teams that they do, I suppose. But mm. he's got he quite um he seems to really get it, the palace thing. Ameri- like Americans love eagles. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The digging eagle. Yeah. But yeah, he seems he seems to kind of get the the culture side of, of being an English fan and stuff. It's quite nice. Probably might not come through in this, but he's uh, I liked him and he's got a nice laid back approach. The way that Wilf got kicked about today was a madness. Like he got thank God that kid's got strong legs, because I tell you what. Even if you did that in Sunday League, your legs are finished. Like, yeah, all he had to do, right, to settle that game down, because towards the end of the first half and in the second half, he lost control of the game. And the reason being is, put it this way, if Joel Ward has to put his hands on your neck, you know you're, you know something's not right. If Joel Ward puts his hands on somebody, it lets you, you know, know there's not right. So Joel Ward has to go and officiate the game himself because the ref just was not on job. Luke Aylin and Click should have been on, what, two free red cards today? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that would have been two referees they'd have had on their side as well as Zaha. They were suggesting that Ward needed to ref it as well. Mm, two or three red cards. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the game, I mean, I know we're kind of, we're doing that dinosaur game's gone soft nonsense, but what are they fucking talking about? There was a bit of needle in it, but it's such a, it's almost a non-contact sport now, isn't it? The needle it? was mainly because from perfectly fair tackles, both Gallagher and Zaha were absolutely rolling about the floor as if they had been badly tackled. Gallagher in particular did a couple where he made it look like someone had put in a leg-breaking tackle and you saw a replay. No and there was, there was absolutely nothing on it. If there was a touch, it was a minute touch across his, across his leg or something. Yeah, but, they've, but they've got strong legs, Rob. That's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, they've got good strong legs, which is very important in football, having strong legs. And also, the needle was like the most interesting part of the game because mm, yeah. the rest of it was crap. I, that was the only bit I really enjoyed. Like, yeah. Aliens Battle with Zaha was hilarious for uh, the most part. And what about Joel Ward's hands? Has he got something special about it? If Joel Ward has to put his, got, oh my God, he's got big strong hands. You're in touch by Joel Ward. <laughs> Lay your hands upon him, Joel. Just ridiculous. But, but it, it, I mean, you know, you know, it is serious. All right, let's say this one then. This is uh, this is about Luke Ailing. First and foremost, I don't know how Ailing plays 90 minutes in that game in that match and doesn't get a yellow card. He had to have at least seven fouls. Not caught at one time. Matter of fact, the first card in this match didn't happen until the, like, almost the 80th minute. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhere around there was the first time that a card even came out. But but Ailing in particular, just, I mean, the guy plays recklessly. Like, that's his game, you can tell. <laughs> he's, he's a very reckless player. But um, I was just upset with it because it's just another time when we've gone out and a team has just rotationally fouled uh, with Rizah and then it and then completely gotten away with it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ailing, I will say Ailing did, he did commit a lot of 
Well, a lot of fouls were given against him, and I was surprised he didn't get booked for a totting up process. I thought, normally, he, I thought he had been because <laughs> normally they'll do they'll do after like the fourth they'll do like a there there so, every, there, so everybody there. knows so you're, so you're yeah. having that and he didn't he didn't get that but then also you watched him back and you thought well after we're barely fouls in the mm. first place yeah I do feel like the Leeds players sort of recognised they needed to help Aileen fouling him because then Click had to go and then Phillips had to go <laughs> oh, well done looking out for you mate if they did rotationally foul him I'm pleased in fairness though to go back to the Sunday League thing it's not I mean I'm sure it's more tactical at this level but at Sunday League if they've got a really annoying player everyone does try their best to kick him and wind him up as well and like it, you'll see an opportunity you'll think oh I'm going to do him here I can, yeah. have, I can have a little kick at him and upset him because yeah. it's and when you see them fun. get upset you think, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, do more exactly. of that like, it's great <laughs> well that's upset him that's that's just reinforcing my behaviour now absolutely fair game yeah, and, 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 and Zaha does get upset by it all the time so it's worth doing did you notice in that clip by the way the, uh, the guy whose name I don't know do we know his name anyway he sounded like Bill Clinton just very periodically went for the first time and you know now Clinton's <laughs> voice kind of croaked mm. just a little bit it was very nice I enjoyed that Right, what's next? We've got um, a chat about Joel Ward. In his hands. The main thing I would have wanted from him is him to not get beat by Rafinha. And to be fair to him, he held him up. I mean, the fact that he nearly put Dan James into the stand, I was like, yes, come on, Wardy, that's it. Throw mm-hmm. the little shit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't call him a little shit. He's a little scum bastard. <laughs> yeah. Get it absolutely all right. right. All right. He's got a name. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm sort of low level enjoying Dan James because um, we're, we're heading for a record number of yellow cards in the Premier League ever, aren't we? Uh, Is that right? yeah, really? I think we're too short of the Premier League record, which I think we've we've got 93 this season or 91, and the, the record is two more than we've got. We'll easily break it. Dan James on his own is going mm. to break that, and it will forever give us the dirty leads tag, <laughs> yeah. which we should own and wear like a badge of honour. I like. Uh, Dan James should be the, the flag bearer for that. I like Dan James in particular because because he's so small. Like when he clatters a defender and they get up and want to look all big and hard, it's like, oh, but I mean, I don't prove anything here. Do I? I think I've said before, but I like, if you watch Dan James, when they do the close-ups of him, any replay, he looks confused. No matter what mm. he's done, he looks really, really confused. So he's kind of got that blank, neutral look, even when he's just booted somebody and he knows he's done it. But what, what, what's wrong? Yeah, I think uh, when Ward stood up, I think he wanted an argument, but Dan James was just, he was not in for it. He was just sort of going, hmm. yep. He just kind of looking away, almost trying to hope that the aggression would stop if he just didn't in- interact with it. It was just like, yep, uh, yeah, I might have kicked him then. Never never mind. I mean, it was, um, it was a good foul, was that? But that yeah. was equally, that was to go back to the, the madness of Zaha's legs just about surviving what was essentially a, a car crash of a, of a tackle from ailing every, every two minutes. That was the only bad tackle in the game. Yeah. There was there was not another challenge in there which that was going to injure anyone. No, I, but, I not that I can remember. Anyway. But people now indulge in melodrama with, with, with football for this reason. Like everything gets amped up fifty percent beyond where it needs to be. Like yeah, there, there were quite a, a lot of fouls, and if we did rotationally foul it, it's part and parcel of the game, isn't it? He's got to deal with it. Stop being such a fucking crybaby. <laughs> you need the uh, David Batty attitude of throwing a defender over the advertising hoarding and, and just <laughs> taking a throw in like nothing's yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. Pretend it hasn't happened. Like Dan James just looking confused. Yeah. Right. Um, some comments on our style then. Yeah, I could, so, you know what? I, I could have sworn we were watching a Hodgson team today playing in white. It was like, did Roy Hodgson go to Leeds? What's going on? But all this talk of Jesse Marsh is better than Bielsa, I thought we were playing against Hodgson Ball today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, struck a chord that one. <laughs> as, as did the next clip, which is when they're, they're talking about Hodgson and in relation to this season and how, although the league position is kind of similar, it feels different. Every game this season, I'm excited to watch Palace. Last season, I was looking for excuses not to watch Palace. And you know what? That's that's a change in itself. 
because like, you know, I, I've seen some, some people tweeting about the fact that, um, oh, uh, Palace went out, got a brand new uh, manager and spent X amount millions of dollars to bring in new players to go from 14th to 14th. All right, cool. But what does it mean for us as fans? What does that mean for us? The, mm-hmm. the, the level of play, what we're seeing, the fact that, like you said, we've got fans that are actually looking forward to watching the matches. You know what I mean? And and the fact that, no, I honestly don't, don't think we're going to finish in 14th place, but, you know, you know, you know, there, if we did, I'd still be more happy with the way this season went compared to the last one. Put it this way. Look at the performances against the big boys this season. We don't beat Tottenham at home under Roy. We don't beat Arsenal at home under Roy. And we damn sure don't beat City away from home 2-0 oh, sorry, away under Roy. That does, you know, get to the absolute crux of the Bielsa Marsh debate, doesn't it? Mm. Is that if you actually if you take away the jeopardy of relegation, which I think is what's clouding everyone's opinion about this, it is more fun to watch nice football yeah. than watch dull industrial football. But the daft thing is, the outcome's probably about the same. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the the promise as well that it could eventually be better. Whereas like with, with Hodgson, when I mean what's his highest ever Premier League finish? Probably like tenth or something. And it and it, it, was, it was at Liverpool, don't forget. Uh, but not for very long. I don't was going to say he didn't finish that season, did he? I think yeah. he was replaced with them in about ninth or something, and Paul Konchesky at left back. So, <laughs> but yeah, it just it gives. It's about hope and entertainment. I think is the thing. And with Hodgson, you're kind of like, oh god, back for more of the same next year. Well, the, the hope and the entertainment has, has come up against the um, the brick wall of relegation, hasn't it? This season, mm. that's why everyone's getting so upset. I think also with Palace as well, it kind of shows the effects of new signings and how you can get excited about them and how it's mm. something different and if you sign players that you don't hate immediately it's quite nice to think oh I like that defender I've signed has played for England now hasn't he and mm. Gallagher albeit is on loan has played for England so that's all kind of exciting even it's, though the absolute, but as Gallagher will prove he's going to be their Ben White isn't he well yeah it will be hard to replace next year for them because they, they're unlikely to be able to get someone as good as him without spending another so, so they can, chunk of money they can struggle while attacking <laughs> which is what we've done this season I mean, you can you see this go the other way as well because Palace are obviously happy with it because they're staying up. You've reached a point with like Tony Pulis teams where everyone go and Allardyce teams where everyone goes fucking hell, we can't watch any more of this, and then they sack them and they get relegated. <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like, oh okay, we should have maybe stuck with them. And like Mick McCarthy Ipswich as well when mm-hmm. the Ipswich fans absolutely hated him, and they were fifteenth or something, and then they sacked him, and then the year after went down straight away, and he was like, I fucking told I know, you, and he found it absolutely <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> which you know. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. it is highly unlikely. I'm just looking at the table now. It is highly unlikely, but it would be fun if one of Villa or Palace, I mean, Southampton have got 40 points, they're not going to get sucked into it. But if one of them just had a bit of a, a crap streak and got pulled into this this race just to make us feel a bit better. I mean, they'd have to get no more points, wouldn't they? But Well, it's interesting though, because Villa do face um, Burnley a couple of times, don't they? I was at mm. Everton, I don't know, one of the chumps down there. But I just, I just want somebody else to, to the be miserable. down there with us. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> right, well, that's um, that's the Palace propaganda. I think most mostly fair. They just need to stop crying about Zaha, don't they, a bit? Yeah, basically. he's it, it, Once he leaves, which, he, let's face it, he wishes he had. Because <laughs> I looked him up when I was sort of reviewing his behaviour. He's 29 years old. Like A man a man approaching 30 shouldn't be acting like that anymore. He's, he's more acceptable when he was like 22. Mm. But he got his big move, didn't he? He's been, he's been covered in Arsenal for years. It didn't years, work out he? for him. Now every, he's back at Palace and he just can't escape. I think that's my, why, might be why he's so unhappy. He's just mm. like, oh, I'm stuck here doing this for you now, aren't I? My <laughs> fucking life. I should have been a Champions League footballer. which And he probably is. Which I'm sure you go through every day. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he probably is good enough to be, certainly, at, you know, on the bench at 
scum or Arsenal or something. Well, he was on the bench like, at scum, wasn't he? Well, he was, yeah. You know, he could have played Champions League football in his life, but instead, he's stuck with this. Oh, well. Oh, well, Will. Choices, eh? Right, onto the wider world of propaganda. And obviously, we've got some Man United in there because despite being where they are, they're entitled, they're unhappy, and we're here <laughs> to laugh at it. Well, Stratford Panic have basically given up, which, <laughs> which made me laugh. This is their watch-along. This is them going... You, you have to really listen for it happening, but this is them going 3-0 down against Liverpool. Not rich at all. We had, we had uh, oh, three scored. We had Fitness Crispy Pancakes and Crab Sticks for dinner. Really? Yeah. Now, rebranded. Liverpool have scored, by the way. Nah, but, uh, we'll carry on with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, this is better than watching again. School dinners? Yeah, sort of school dinners. School oh, I have rather at school dinners with chips and gravy. <laughs> you tell you where school in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> It is true. Northern boys love chips and gravy. I did also have chips and gravy very regularly here <laughs> yeah. for school dinners, which was it's an underrated meal. Though. It's irresponsible of them to allow it, though. Really, do you think? Well, it's it's not very nourishing, is it? Well, it's comforting, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> gravy surely is one of your five a day, but we're we're now guilty of falling into the same trap that they've done. That's true. Um, but yeah, I like that that they just can't bear to watch anymore. Where are they in the league? Let's have a look. I, um, I've actually lost any awareness of what's going on. They're still like seventh or sixth. Something. They're, yeah. they're currently sixth. They're trying. Uh, to, they're trying their best, I think, to not finish in the. UEFA Conference League thing because they're, they're going to do because they really don't want to be going to like Slovakia on a Thursday night do they, to to play those games. Well, they're they're a game ahead of uh, like Spurs and Arsenal who've both played thirty three, and uh, so Arsenal sixty points, Spurs fifty eight, Scum are four points off them now, um, mm. but they've played a game more. So yeah, it look it looks like UEFA Cup at best, which I think is good. So the, the next clip, this is I think I think the game's still going on at this point. This is just them kind of contemplating the idea of Liverpool winning things and being really upset by it. I mean, and ultimately, this is the bedrock of this show, isn't it? <laughs> really, the misery of others. They're going to win a fucking quadruple, aren't they? <laughs> no, we need to make... Nah, what we can do about it. This was, this was it. <laughs> Score what four goals four in minutes. six minutes. You have to make sure that don't happen. <laughs> yeah. We ain't doing shit about that. <laughs> Unless we've got a Champions League semi-final. Hey, yeah. We need Real Madrid to win the Champions League. Yeah. We need Chelsea to win the FA Cup. I think it's Chelsea to the Premier League for a second. I mean, he's City to win the Premier League. Yeah. And then Liverpool get one. Pray to God that happened. Look what you've done to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's true as that, isn't it? It's the picking the lesser of two evils. Isn't it interesting that they prefer Man City to win than Liverpool? I think it's because... I think it's because it doesn't really count for Man City, does it? No. Mm. Because they know they wouldn't be anywhere near them if it weren't for having billions of pounds pumped in. I mean, and this is, we're, we're going to get to this when we preview Man City on mm. the, the weekly show as well, because it's going to be, a, well, what can you do? That's yeah. ultimately, I mean, like when you've got the, the wealth of a nation state behind you and you were able to dope the system for so long mm. and they're going, oh, hang on a second, there's, there's somebody coming over to challenge this now in the form of Newcastle with unlimited wealth. Let's make sure there are regulations in place to stop this <laughs> happening. But it's too late now, isn't it? Because they've spent all the money. I mean, we've, we looked at it before, didn't we? Like every footballer at Man City is basically 50 million quid mm. and they've got loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> two, two full teams and then they're which again we'll come on to their under-23s team is also brilliant because yeah. they've spent a load of money on that. Every footballer at Scum is pretty much 50 million quid or more. They <laughs> just true. managed to be absolutely toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's where they've spent it, isn't it? They've gone wild there. They've overpaid. Right, um, next clip. RNA deck. Good, right. The good thing about Scum being the, the kind of club they are, loads of these people keep finding <laughs> there's always new ones to be found. So this is the game against Arsenal where this was to make it 2-2, I think. They had a penalty. Yeah. And Fernandez is taking it over Ronaldo. RNA deck isn't sure that should be happening. And I'll see if you can detect the point in this clip when he actually misses. <laughs> Why is he taking it, man? Why is he taking it? Come on, Bruno, please, please, please. Why is he taking it? 
I know it's theatrics, but I love it. He hit the post. Yeah, he, he did hit the post. He hit the post, just yeah. in case you weren't sure what happened. <laughs> oh, that's pleased me, is that? It was good to see Fernandez missing as well. Because uh, it's nice how they're all sort of turning on him now as well. They all think he's rubbish. He's <laughs> yeah. like the best player for two years. It's, uh, I think it was, was it the Athletic article that published the, uh, it was the, the later days of, uh, of Solskjaer and all the madness that was going on behind the scenes. That's worth a read if you've got a sub for the Athletic. Not a happy place. People going wild in the background doing all sorts of shit that mm. they shouldn't be doing. Good fun, good fun. It's good to see. <laughs> Next one. A couple of Liverpool clips to finish on because... Such a special club. I watched... Did you, did you all watch their game against Everton? Mm, yes. Uh, it's good, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it was. And I think I knew there'd be reactions like this because it was essentially my reaction, even not as a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I think inside to Origi, back to Salah, across the box, head to the back. Yeah! Yeah, fair enough. Bus parking knobheads. Bus that, was parking from, knobheads. that was from Redmen TV. I have to say, on um, on Sunday, I went for a practice walk for our charity thing. I didn't want to subject myself to the stress of watching the Burnley game. Mm. Um, didn't really work because I ended. I was walked into Central Leeds on the canal, and um, by, by, by armly, I was just relentlessly checking my phone to see what was going on at, at Turf Moor in the Wolves game. Um, so I missed the first half of of the Liverpool Everton one, but I was following it on my phone when I was on the train home, and they 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 were really quite industrial, weren't they? More so than we were at, uh, at Palace. What was the final percentage on possession? 17? 17, I think. Was, uh, was it Alan, the midfielder, who completed one pass all game? That's, <laughs> that's, that's kick, kick off. off. Yeah. Yeah. I read Michael Keenan made three, and I thought, that's extraordinary low. Mm. And then someone actually beat that. Right then, one more clip. Anfield agenda. Goal! Yes, Robo! Yes, son! Go on! Andy Robertson with a header at the far post! 1-0! <laughs> Woo! Take that, you diving pricks! <laughs> One nil. Go on. Is that the guy who goes absolutely bonkers when they when they lose? Uh, uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I think we we definitely had him on last year. But yeah, exactly how I reacted to it. I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck off now, because <laughs> they they were so frustrating in that game. Even as a, I mean, admittedly, we did have some some skin in the game, didn't we? Because we obviously wanted Everton to lose, but. I was furious watching <laughs> watching that match. So I didn't want I didn't want to watch it, but I, I ended up getting sucked into it second half when I got home. You can't have seventeen percent possession and have any complaints for being beat. Can no. you? Like I never no, wanted a penalty. For you. We're, we're going to rights to the PG MOL <laughs> again. Yeah, just honestly that if he and I say he, I'm personalising this into Frank Lampard because they didn't do this before he was manager. So I have to assume that. Well, yeah. Do you, have you ever seen Richard Allison play? I have to assume he's had a hand in, in the club's approach towards this. I think that's the fairest thing I can say. Mm. But the lack of self-awareness in doing that when you're in that position at the minute is absolutely astounding at how it makes you look. Mm. It just makes you look like such a sore loser and a crybaby, doesn't it? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Long may it continue. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. Propaganda for another week. We've had, we've had some laughs and some smiles, even if the Leeds game was a bit difficult. Next week, mm. we'll find some other stuff. We'll find some other stuff. But you, you never know. You never know in this game. And that's the thing, no matter how much you think you know, you never know. So let's just pray for a Stuart Dallas, shall we? We're going to go away and record the main weekly show straight after this, where we're going to have relegation watch. Three. That'll be good fun. And um, TSB Plus members, have a look in your feed as well. Some of the clips that didn't make it into that show. We've got propaganda extra coming your way as well. So check that out. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 
catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. 